Did the CASA exemptions extend to maintenance organisations too? Will I be able to get parts for my aircraft? Hi again, and welcome back to Grounded, episode 10 of a series about the effects of the pandemic on general aviation in Australia. I'm Angela Stevenson of Right to Speak Fly, and today my guest is Jordan Peretti of Istria Corp. Istria is a relatively young aircraft engineering organisation located at the picturesque Lilydale Airfield in Victoria. Starting business in 2018, it got on its feet and then faced the challenge of the century. In this episode, we will find out how this particular maintenance organisation has been weathering the corona storm. Jordan and I chat about how aircraft owners responded to the lockdown in regards to maintenance on their aircraft, whether the CASA exemptions actually helped his particular organisation, how his business is adapting and planning, and what his personal takeaways have been from the experience so far. We also have a quick chat about laying up aircraft for extended periods of time. Join in the discussion at rightspeakfly.com forward slash grounded and find this week's discussion section. And watch out for the next special edition featuring Tony Shaw of Aviation Trader, hoping to have that out in the next day or so. But right now, let's find out how our aircraft maintenance organisations, a critical part of the general aviation community, are faring. Hi Jordan, and welcome to Grounded. How are you? Great, and yourself, Angela? I'm excellent, thank you, and thanks so much for your time today. No problems. Tell me a little bit about Istria Corp, what you do and what you're about. So Istria Corp was uh, born out of a gap that we identified in, in the marketplace in, in the GA and RA uh, service sector. Um, so we're, we're committed to delivering a customer-centric maintenance service for what we see as a shrinking and uncompetitive market so that we can still have customers feel valued um, in, in the industry and support what that next uh, 10, 15, 20 year future looks like for GA in the changing space with technologies, methods um, and regulations. And, and what types of aircraft do you maintain? Yep, so anything in the GA sector and anything in the RA sector. So what was Istria looking like before the pandemic? Um, we were on track, so Istria started uh, April 2018 and we had a very very strong growth plan and enablement plan for what services we could provide. So we were on track, we were a couple of months uh, behind our first um, next growth step so we started off with engine and airframe uh, and the next part was going to be the avionics support which we had planned for 12 months from initial start. Uh, with a few uh, setbacks at the initial setup, uh, we found ourselves introducing that avionics support in November last year. So we, we had uh, enabled some funding for the company uh, to be able to purchase the specialised equipment and have the right resources to allow us to um, complete those works. So. Before the pandemic, everything was on track, you know, reaching out to uh, certain customers and being able to offer them other services along with what they normally receive from us. We were starting to see that uh, feed into the business as one would have planned. 
so yeah, that, that's what it was looking like. And and in the initial stages of the pandemic, in that initial lockdown, what did you observe as a business? Um, we still had a bit of lag in the business. So we still had some jobs that were yet to complete and some that had just trickled in. I, I observed as a whole a society and not necessarily just at the airport, but the pandemic wasn't necessarily taken as seriously as it should have been in initial stages. And so I think life sort of went on as as it did for, you know, a couple of weeks longer than it probably should have. And and therefore BAU essentially. Um, you know, there was a lot of speculation as to what would happen, you know, what would the consequences be. And and most of those did eventuate after a few weeks. And then over the next couple of months, how did that then pan out for the business? Yeah, so the, there was a significant downturn in work in most uh, GA sector. It's no, no secret that the bulk of the activity, uh, which then drives, you know, fuel, maintenance and the like, is driven by the flight schools. So as that became less, the flying hours became less in those high turnover um, aircraft, that work sort of uh, dwindled away. The private sector did did back off a little bit as anticipated, but it, it was still more or less active. And for any business that would have created cash flow issues, how, how did Istria respond to that? We, we had to review some of the services that we offered and, and one of them was you know, we want we we would handle all the transactions for our customers, and we'd present them with the, you know one complete invoice at, at the end. For example, purchasing you know a large component or importing a large component, we would normally handle that end to end. But you know, with the cash flow issues that arose in this situation, uh, we were no longer able to offer those services. So we we had to um, approach a couple of customers and. Just notify them that that they would need to clear clear those amounts directly with the suppliers and and we didn't want to but we had to to enable um, cash flow. That sounds very much like adaptation. It does, um, except it, it sort of uh, is again sort of what what we uh, promised from the very beginning. So it was um, a real disappointment for us not to be able to offer that, but but it really did um, help us through those couple of months by changing that. So. But as we step back up into what normal will be, uh, we'll definitely uh, be opening those services up again. So we're aircraft owners coming to you and saying, hey, my plane's clearly going to be laid up for a couple of months. Shall we do the 100 hourly now or will we look at doing that sort yes. of big job that yeah, we've, we've yes. been putting off? Yes, uh, some, some people did, you know, think, you know, let's bring the 100 hourly forward or, you know, what while we can't do certain flying, why don't we just get some of this, um, you know, um, quite time-consuming work done now since it's not going to interfere with our flying requirements. So, yes, we did see a bit of that from the private owners and and that was good to see to, you know, making the most of of that downtime for those who could afford it in those instances, I guess, that that was a very smart choice. Uh, But notwithstanding that, people would have been very conscious about that, even spending that money, which is understandable. What part do you operate under and did you get any CASA exemptions? Did they help? CAR 30. K 
car 30 at the moment. Yeah, we, we have no requirement for a part 145 here at the airport at the moment. It's something that would uh, we will look at, but it would just introduce an extra layer of operational costs to us and then obviously to the customer base. So um, at the moment, that's not required and, and therefore we operate under car 30. So as, as I understand the exemptions, there were some exemptions for um, the maintenance organizations and CAR 30 was one of them, uh, as well as for the aircraft engineers. However, these exemptions uh, related uh, for, for the maintenance organizations related to auditing and a renewal of certificates. And for the engineers, it related to how they could sit their tests, longer timeframes in which they can sit their tests and complete their training. At this stage, none of those exemptions have been of any benefit to us. We do have uh, engineers undergoing training. Um, we have an apprentice with us, but that has not really provided any real benefits for us. Have you observed anything in relation to supply chain or suppliers? Yeah, thanks. That's, that's a great question. We did. We, we noticed a really big lag factor in there where yeah, some of the larger suppliers changed their trading terms and were monitoring their accounts even more closely. And we did have to enter some contingency plans because cash flow did drop. So we were struggling to meet some payments with some of our key suppliers. One of them uh, is Avial and, and they were very, very helpful in, in creating like a management plan around that where we came to the party halfway and they came to the party halfway to enable our business to still flow. So we, we, we thank them for, for their support um, and understanding during that time. There were other suppliers who changed their trading terms with uh, relatively no notice and understandably they, they had to get around to letting two, three hundred customers know, but they were forced to change their trading terms from uh, 30 days to basically cash on delivery. And, and the reason for that was driven out of um, what was happening in the United States. As we know, most um, aircraft parts are manufactured and sourced from the United States. And their change in trading terms with the uh, resellers here in Australia caused an on-flow effect then to, to us. And have you had any difficulty with getting parts with supply in that sense? No, uh, supply supply was uh, never hindered. The supply chain um, uh, network was never hindered at all. There were a couple of instances where low stock here and trying to get certain things from the US was taking longer than normal. I think we had some issues with the supply of tires and batteries. But um, everything is back up and running now as BAU. I think, you know, after the initial sort of phases, everyone sort of learns how to manage things. And, and no doubt the resellers would, would have been learning how to manage the new cash flow environment with, with the sellers in the US. So once that settled in and there was a bit of sort of confidence in that continuity plan, I must say that, that was all a very quick and fast reaction to things. Yes, it certainly appears that the ability to adapt is key, really key. So so has your company done anything extraordinary or interesting to stay alive during this time, if you're willing to share something? Yeah, so with us, you know, just being an operation at one site, it, it is a high, high risk. 
but we have um, other ventures in other industries and we're going to look at how we can merge the two for some resilience so what can what can one business supply to the other with its key critical skill sets so that's some things that we brainstormed in our, in our working groups to see what we could do in order to adapt. But we also turned inwards and started focusing on our people. Not that we don't normally, but focusing more on what can we use this time now for to develop within, develop skills, clean up some of the uh, long-standing items, such as some facility works um, where we're sort of reconditioning an aircraft tug that's been a sort of work in progress for a long time. We internalized our, our scope and started doing some things that were value-add, which would then turn into a customer value-add down the track by having more license coverage. So essentially, preparation for a bigger and better return yeah uh, this time has really been about how can we prepare for the future in terms of making ourselves more resilient and uh, you know quite honestly if, if we didn't have this time we would have eventually at some point as a good business would have had to make some time to actually discuss these things so in a way it's been it's been a double-edged sword but there, there definitely was a positive out of all this as well and in what ways do you think general aviation will have to adapt? And I know that we all cringe at this phrase, but to the new normal. Well, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I guess we don't even know what the new normal is. Does that mean less flying, less polluting? You know, the industry is, is upheld by a lot of flight training. You know, how, how would that change? For, for us to know what we are going to do, I think we, we need to know what the owners and the industry is going to do. I don't think COVID is going to be the thing that's going to propel us into electric aircraft any quicker, to be honest. I, I saw some articles about you know, having the intracity velocopters or you know those Uber flights in the inner city. This will push it us to develop that quicker but I just can't see how how that that makes any sense or if that's really the new normal and what that means you know potentially people might want to internalize and spend more time doing the things that they enjoy you know and realizing that hey you know maybe taking a break uh, every so often and maybe a bit of an extended one isn't, isn't such a bad idea and they might do some more flying around the country so I guess it's going to be really really hard to to know what the future holds and what that new normal is. I don't think we're at that point yet. I think maybe in two or three months we'll be able to start to see a permanent shift. And I think what we're seeing now has been some sporadic activity with people trying different things here and there. Your business as a service industry for GA is really waiting for the industry to figure out what to do next. And, and, and that sounds simple, but when you think about it, it's actually chicken and egg stuff. That's and right. And applies to all ancillary businesses and makes making those necessary business decisions ultimately that much harder. It is, because everything's interrelated and interoperable, right? And, and what one, one cog makes another one turn. And just to sort of break that apart, for us as a business, we're, we're not going to wait for an industry to make up its mind or understand what it's doing. We are going to shift as required as a business to, you know, areas which 
will keep us alive and, and keeping our and our commitments alive, right? About that service passion. So that that's our main focus. But notwithstanding that, you know, to understand how we can better serve the aviation community, uh, we will need to know sort of what what it needs to get out of it. I still hold that we will see more intra-state travel in GA with private owners. And I think the electric aircraft field will will grow definitely over the next 10 years. So we, we've spoken at length internally on, on how we can partner up with some of those manufacturers, how we can start to learn uh, some of the the things that are required to to support that industry as and when it comes. And it's just about finding that right balance between, you know, the current state and the future state for us. But, but we, we have a plan and, um, you know, so far we're, we're getting to our milestone. So um, I'm very confident that, you know, our business will be resilient through whatever changes come out of new normal or just normal business adaptation. How how has the business responded to the crisis with staff levels? Can I sure. ask you about staff? Have you laid off staff? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I made it very clear to my staff that there was no intention of making anyone redundant, often knee-jerk reaction. Uh, we, we're here to serve and uh, believe in that vision. And what I told myself was as long as we're still on board with that, then I want you guys to remain on the team. That means we have to go through a bit of pain. That means we all have to make some adjustments to our life. Then, then that's what we're going to do. And that, that was sort of set out from the beginning because, yeah, some people did show concern about people being made redundant just like that as a knee-jerk reaction. So, so no, we, we haven't. We, we definitely gave our staff the confidence that they needed, that you know, we, were, we were here no matter what and that we would always find a workable solution. Uh, in fact, in fact, we, we took on a, a school-based apprentice uh, in February and um, we're, we're just advertised for another position as well in the aviation trader. So, so we're, we're still focused on what our task and what our goal is, where we'll find work, be it in aviation or another field, to keep ourselves occupied. Some of the research I've, uh, I've done recently suggests that general aviation will recover far more quickly than RPT, and that seems to be unfolding at the moment as, as true. Uh, but what are your thoughts around that? I think, I think there's a really big difference between RPT and GA, right? And, and the difference there is RPT are akin to your Googles and Amazon. Right? Volume and scale is how they thrive. They're, they're not profitable without scale. And, and that's one of the key differences between RPT and GA. The profit margins are, are different profit amounts are greatly different there's a lot more money in rpt but uh, the fact is that without scale the, the, the business model does not survive and and ga i think in the last recession um radic has quoted this to me who is our chief engineer in the last recession ga went along you know albeit maybe flat on a on a chart it didn't have a 
a massive drop in that GFC of 2008. So the, the two industries, although they're both in aviation, operate quite, quite differently. So with that in mind, the government has given an enormous amount of money to the RPT sector. Has GA been left out in the cold? GA has definitely been left out in the cold. Um, we have been supported by JobKeeper and we have been supported by the Victorian state government um, by a business grant. You know, and in no way do we not appreciate that. We definitely appreciate that. Again, the scale between RPT and GA is very different. I think in the RPT world, it, it's like funding Holden and Ford when when they their businesses never changed, the blueprint never changed. You know, over many years, I know I know Qantas had a quite a lot of reform. You know, in the past in the past ten years, so I guess they they started adapting and changing their business models. But uh, you know, we're, we're talking about GA, which are mostly privately owned, privately funded, not not publicly listed companies with shareholders and a board. So how large conglomerates are always seem to be funded by taxpayer money and their public entities is an interesting one. So is there something that you think the government could do for general aviation right now? Um, you know, if you were if you were king of Australia, would you have a plan? <laughs> I think um, I think now is is a time where you know if the government had to invest i think now would be the time to invest in in training you know maybe providing support in in that training space and by that uh, you know not just paying for certain courses but in some areas like ours it's it's really hard to sort of get training especially here in in, in victoria it's you know the, the the large focus is um always in queensland you just got to fly them up there so you know having government to support with funding the engineers to actually be able to take some time off from their BAU tasks to go and get that training and help these smaller organizations. That's where I think the, the value would be. So not, not just to hand out cash, but to actually then have some purposeful outcomes for the people, for their development. GA plays a very intrinsic part in our regional communities. You know, it's a different link in Australia. We, we saw that during the bushfires, right? How how GA played an important role in in assisting in, in evacuations as well. So it definitely has its place. And can I just take you back to the aircraft left in hangars, uh, maintenance and practical stuff? We are allowed back in the skies for the moment. So for those of us that haven't been using our planes regularly over the past three months, what do we need to be careful of? Is it really that bad to lay up a plane in a hangar for that amount of time? Yes, of course, yes. The machines are tested for continuous operation, not continuous downtime. Um, things can freeze up. You've got corrosion, and cor- corrosion would be the main one. That would be the real pain point when, when things just sit around especially now in winter where there's, you know, higher humidity. So it's uh, important to keep flying. And Jordan, what what have you learned about the business itself in the past three months? What's your biggest takeaway from the business experience so far? Yeah, it's, my responsibility for my staff has, has really played on my mind, you know, how how will we make this work? How do we how do we continue? What what is that what does that plan look like? It's 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 not good enough 
uh, for me to just say, oh, well, everything's going down. Let's just um, pack up and go. So that that's sort of been a real focus for me over the past few months. And and, and finally, as, as one of the nicest human beings that I know, <laughs> what have you learned for yourself? I guess... My, 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 my personal journey over the past few months has been a really challenging one. I guess just the ability to focus on a way forward, you know, despite everything that we hear, is just keeping a positive mind frame, you know, it's not all bad. You know. If anything at all, it's, you know, the, the team really comes together when you need it. I've got, I've got a fantastic team of people and, and that's really shown through. You know their quality, their their versatility, and their resilience. Not not that you didn't think that they had it in there, but you know when it, when it's really there, playing in front of you, it, it it really means a lot. But and that sort of sort of what has led me to think we can achieve this. Then the world is our oyster. You know we we can penetrate you know different markets and industry if we, if we really want to. We can adapt this way, then we surely can do it in other ways. And, and with that, I wish you absolutely all the very best for the future, Jordan. Thanks again for your time today. No problem. It was lovely chatting with you, Angela. It's been a really good our chat. <laughs> yeah, it has. And that was Jordan Peretti of Istria Corp. How is your maintenance organisation faring? Are you developing ways to adapt to the new normal? Have you looked at your organisation to see whether there's scope for diversification or even expansion at this time? Or are you waiting to see what the effect of the pandemic on industry really is? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Head on over to www.rightspeakfly.com forward slash grounded and find week 10's comments section. And of course, don't be av bored. You can always start planning for Wings Over Illawarra Airshow. Yay, Airshow. One of last week's guests, Mark Bright, let us in on some great new things for the Airshow to be held in November. You can find out more at www.wingsoverillawarra.com.au or have a listen to last week's Grounded podcast. I'm Angela Stevenson of rightspeakfly.com. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jordan. Never forget how lucky we are to be in this industry. Spread your wings and spread the love of aviation. And never forget, you can always go round. <laughs>